And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Carry on our wayward son, there'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 22. 22 of Lupus Bitch. I am your host, Lupa Barty. As always, I'm also affectionately known as Stephanie J. Barty. Um, how's your week been? Mine's been busy. Busy, busy. I came down to my sister's on... I don't know what day it was that I came down to my sister's. Uh, I think it was... Friday, maybe? Yeah. Friday. I was supposed to leave Monday, and then it got stretched to Tuesday, and then it got stretched to Friday. So, yeah, and then I'm coming back next week. <laughs> but um, there, we're just about finished the renos for my mom's suite, so um, I came down to kind of lend a hand and speed that along a little bit because my brother-in-law can't do it all by himself, and he has been. Um, and then we're going to work on the main part of the basement and get it all done. So that should be exciting. Um, I got to put a, uh, drywall hoist together all by my little old self. I was rather pleased. It's actually, I make it sound a lot more complicated than it actually was because it kind of came sort of put together and there were no bolts or nuts or screws or anything. You just kind of sit all, all the pieces in and it stays there. So, it was only three pieces that I had truly had to put together. So I made it sound way more impressive than it actually was. But um, my sister and I worked in my mom's bedroom, and we did all the dapping. And if you don't know what that is, look it up, D-A-P. Um, she dapped, I puttied. I don't like dap. It's kind of like uh, bathtub caulking, and I have horrific memories of bathtub, of caulking bathtubs and tile, and shower surrounds, and pretty much anything, windows, because I'm really good at it, and I can run a bead and not have to clean up behind it, so that was like my job one summer, that's all I did, anywhere I went, that's all I did, oish, anyway, um, so yeah, I let her play with that, and I hate squeezing the tubes. I would rather have the putty on the putty knife and do the thing. So that's what I've been doing this week. Um, That and writing a book, well, finishing a book, um, which is kind of exciting. And it leads me into something new for Lupus Bits because we've never done this before. It's always just been me because it's my show. And it's my thing, and it's my time to talk to you. And I've never done this before, so it's kind of weird. I did it all the time over on Mythbits, but now he's invading Lupus Bits. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Even though I invited him, I'm still not quite sure how I feel about it. Anyway, I have a guest. Um, little American nerd 
You might know him. <laughs> Say hi, Dave. Hi. <laughs> he's been sitting here listening the entire time, and I'm pretty sure he's been biting his tongue trying not to comment because he's kind of been um, privy to everything that's gone on this week because we oh, talk, yeah. like, all the time. <laughs> I've been sending him, like, videos of what I'm doing and... And uh, nobody knew the ending of The Chosen, which is coming out. When is it coming out? Uh, the 8th. The 8th. It's all on schedule for the 8th. Cool. Four days. Yeah. Well, no, when no everybody listens to this, it'll be three days. <laughs> I know. And I feel really bad. I was actually supposed to have the book to him in September. Um, and it's you know, a good thing that I'm in good with my publisher because <laughs> I didn't have it in till like yesterday. <laughs> no, I had it in on the first. It was in on the first. You said the first. I had it in on the first. Okay, the first. I can check the email. <laughs> it's date stamped. <laughs> No, it's all good. We got the ISBN today, so yeah. we are all in motion. Which actually kind of, when you told me that, that it had come in, kind of gave me like a teary moment because a book is just a book. It's just a, a bunch of pages with words on it and it tells a story. But that ISBN number makes it legit, makes it like a real yes. book. You can go into any bookstore anywhere with that number and give it to them and they're, they're able to pull your book up and there it is and they can order it. Yes. And it, it, it makes it legitimate. So it was kind of like, I have two of those out there now and, and soon three because, you know, there's that other book. <laughs> oh, you mean the one that you're actually contracted for? Oh, wait, no, yeah, there's that one, too. Uh, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll get to that. Just don't worry. It started. Um, see, I told you, he likes me. <laughs> it's a good thing, because, you know, my contract was supposed to be fulfilled a while ago. Yeah, it's all good. So, I put up... Um, so what I was saying was nobody knew the ending of The Chosen. And until I wrote and I actually wrote it out by hand in my notebook. And until I actually started writing it out, I didn't even know what the ending was going to be. That was really I, I wasn't sure, you know who was going where, what was going to happen, if they were both going to bite it and Rendall was going to win or what. Um, so, and even as I was rewriting it, like as I was typing it out into the finished document to send to you, I changed it. It changed again from the original ending. So, yeah. So I was, I kept sending Dave like snippets of the ending. <laughs> I was killing him. I'd send him like half a paragraph and then, you know, half an hour later I'd send him another paragraph and a half. 
And then I took, I think I took you right up until the pivotal moment when they face off and then I left it. Yeah, you completely left me high and dry. Yep. <laughs> so, so I put the uh, cover up on Facebook today. I asked a bunch of people, put up on Facebook, you know, do you want to see the cover? And a whole bunch of people went, uh, hell yeah. So I put the cover up. Because it's not like any other covers that we've done for any of, for my, well, for any of my books. No, for my other book. <laughs> well, no, we have two different covers for the other book, so. Right. Well, Darkness has taken a different direction as far as covers-wise. Um, you know, we, we're, we, well, you know this as much as I yeah, do. Our listeners know. don't. <laughs> we, we did a study um, probably around the time of PCE. And, I don't know, actually, it was before PCE, you know, yes, and looking before. at what was coming out, and, you know, looking at what sizes, what were popular sizes for the books. And, uh, you know, we were talking about just transforming and going straight into pocketbooks, but we decided against that because that wasn't actually the popular trend. We looked at covers and photorealism is it right now you go to you know barnes and nobles you go to target mm-hmm. um, that's what they have they have photorealism covers and so we went that route and with fantasy books especially the photorealism has kind of been the trend right for a long time yes you know um, like romance is is the drawn fabio with the you know <laughs> pirate shirt Sci-fi has always kind of been that almost, um, I want I don't want to say comic book because it's not, it's more graphic novel style cover without the graphic part inside. It's <laughs> and I'm, like, and it's I'm thinking. P-U-L-P. Pulp. Yeah. That's yeah. the style. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, um. Oh, Robert Heinlein and um, I just had his name and it's gone. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name. But anyway, Robert True sci-fi, old sci-fi fans will know who Robert Heinlein is. My oldest son is named after one of his characters. My ex-husband was a true sci-fi fan. He was Star Trek, too. Maybe that's why we didn't work out. <laughs> can't. I can't. Can't do it. William Shatner ruined it for me. But, yeah, it's a really, really, really cool cover. And you also designed the cover for um, another Dark Myth author. The, 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 Okay, let's try it again. <laughs> Take two. You should have heard me this morning. Good grief. I needed two cups of coffee before my tongue decided it was going to work. Um, <laughs> I even did a TikTok about it. Gabriella Balcom, you designed the cover for her book as well. Worth waiting for, yes. Yes, and she actually hit number one bestseller. Yes. On uh, Amazon. She, yeah, she did a, she's the second place winner for the Open Contract Challenge. 
Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, what we do for open contract is um, for second place, we give them uh, 100 bucks and uh, an ebook contract. And she honored her ebook contract with, you know, fairly quickly. And we were able to get her out to number one. And, yeah. Uh, well, she was in the top 100 on pre-order, even before, like, just on pre-orders. Yes. And then when the book came out, she hit number one, and then she was 37 in another category and 54 in another category. She did really well. She did. And, yeah. you know, we've we've been working – I mean, we have so many irons in the fire. It, it, it is really difficult to keep track of what's being done and who's doing what and how. I know, and he's – and folks, he's up and leaving me on the seventh. <laughs> so the podcast might get a little frazzled after that. Just <laughs> warning you now. Yeah, I'm I'm going back to the workforce. Well, you know, you kind of have to. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. What's best for your family? But uh, I think with. The books. I think the new approach that we are taking, and not only the covers, you know, because we want, like I said, more photorealism. Uh, we've we've changed everything from our fonts to the font size, to indentation size, to spacing size. Um, I purchased a, purchased a brand new ebook converter that actually works it works amazing mm-hmm. um, so we are really putting all our eggs in the basket as it were for our books for our 2021 books yeah and now I, I know that technically the chosen is a 2022 book or 2020 book rather um, but I don't know to me it's it's like it's the first actual book that's going to set off in our method of badness, I guess, is the best way, huh? Our method of badness or madness? Method of madness, yeah. Yeah. Madness. That sounds good. I like that. Speaking of madness, <laughs> just going to, you know, throw that dig in there. Because I finished The Chosen. Yes. yes we had an agreement. Yes, I know, I know. Okay, just reminding you. You go back to work in three days. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. <laughs> what are friends for? Okay, so. Yeah, we've got some, some really cool new covers coming out, too, for other books and stuff like that. And we're... Expanding our our library as well. Yeah, because you know, and anybody that you know follows us on social media knows, and you've mentioned it both. Well, you know, before you came on to your own show, you, you know, missed bits, and then now loops a bit. You've mentioned PCE, and and you know, we we posted. Uh, a thing, what was it, yesterday? Day before yesterday. Day before um, you know, yesterday. About PCE and having to postpone PCE. 
And that that was kind of one of the things is is that yes, we we do a lot of different things, but mainly the company is a book company. That is what started thirty almost thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. And that is our main source. So I kind of felt like it was important to focus on what made the company. If 2020 has taught me anything, and there's been a lot of life lessons in 2020, is sometimes you need to refocus on where you actually began, what you started as, what your main focus is, what your main purpose is. And it's Dark Myth Publications. Yes. So, the main focus is publishing. Putting stuff out there. Not just the magazine. No. And I mean, the the world of myth has just been amazing. It's, it's, it's an animal all to itself. It really is. <laughs> it's kind of taken on a life of its own. I mean, I just answer the emails now. <laughs> really. Magazine comes out and the emails start coming in the next day for the next issue. It's uh, rather, um, that's tomorrow's job when I get home. Tomorrow night's job, by the way. Oh, work on the magazine? Yes, yeah, start editing the stuff that I've received. Okay. To send to you. Because that was, we had talked about that. Um, just so you all know out there, how um, I respond to, now you've always gotten a notification after the 15th, whether you've been accepted or rejected. Um, that's going to change. Deadline is still the 15th. Yes. And the deadline is the deadline. I know I'm kind of going into work mode at the moment, which is yeah. not usually what happens in my podcast. Um, yeah, but, but you know, here. I, I, do I do have my boss. <laughs> my boss is here. So, you know. Um, but I do know a lot of contributors do listen to my podcast as well as the World of Misfits. So, you know, you can throw their housekeeping on it. I am the editor-in-chief. So it is kind of my responsibility to make them aware that once the 15 hits, if you send something in, and we do have a couple of contributors that do like are notoriously late, um, if the 15 hits and you send it in after the 15th, it's going to be, if it's accepted, it's going to be in next month. It's not going to be in that month. Yes. Now, that may cause us to have smaller issues for a while until people kind of get used to the idea that I actually am enforcing the deadline. Um, and I'll be nice about it. I got, you know, I'm not going to be like, nope, that's it. You're right. <laughs> I don't bring out the whip that often. Just ask Miss Master. He'll tell you. Um, yeah, once the 15th hits, if you haven't sent it in by then, you can send it in for the next month. And um, I'm also going to be editing, reviewing and editing as I receive them. So you may start, you may get, you know, you may send it in on a Monday and get a reply on a Wednesday. So... You won't have to wait as long to find out if you're in that month or not. But, uh, yeah, 15th is the deadline. Um, We are going to definitely update the guidelines. I'm going to write them out and get them to Dave so he can type them in. 
because there are certain things that need to change within the guidelines. And this may sound um, bitchy, and I'm sorry, but I am no longer going to have the time to do the work for you because I'm now going to have to be doing Dave's work. (laughs) Yeah, well, technically, yeah. You send me an email with your submission in the body of the email, it's going to get sent back to you to fix it. If you send me an email and there's no bio, there's no picture, it's going to get sent back to you to attach that in a separate document, which I know it doesn't say in the guidelines. It will. Um, Because I can't take the bios out of I can't copy and paste the bios from the email into a document. Screws up the coding on day's end, and it's a nightmare. I have to type them out by hand. If you put it in the body of your email, I have to type it into the separate document by hand, which is why I keep telling you short bios. Short bios. Short. Little ones. Um, so it's great if you put your pic- your profile pic, like your author pic, and your bio in a separate document and attach it to your email like you do your submission. Um, Also, if you have a submission that is over our word count, you have to break it up. Not me. You. Into separate documents. So if you have to break it up into three parts, then it's three separate documents. That would be fantastic. Okay, I'm getting off of work stuff because I'm starting to sound like I was on Mythbits and I don't want to no. <laughs> no, it's just it's just a one and done thing. Once yeah. I leave, you'll go back to crying and, and oh. being emotional about supernatural. And... Oh, how dare you bring that up? Don't even just don't even. Ah, oh, too soon, too soon, too soon. I'm still watching reruns. Oh, don't feel so wayward. Oh, I'm telling you, 3,000 miles is not far enough some days. (laughs) Today is one of those days. I'm going to send you a punch in the arm by mail. Well, if it makes you feel better, you know, I am on a California highway. On a dark desert highway? Uh Cool wind in your hair? Well, if you want me to drop the window, I can. No. (laughs) I'm looking at the Christmas lights as they go by. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good thing we don't do video podcasts. (laughs) You wouldn't say anything. (laughs) I wouldn't say anything? Well, the, the, you know, if we do, if we were to do a video podcast of me right now, Oh, no, they wouldn't see anything. They'd just see these weird lights going by. It almost kind of looks like when they're driving in Supernatural, when they're driving in Baby, and they've got the lights going by on the windows on the outside of the car. But you can't see you at all, so I can pretend. <laughs> pretend it's not me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's well, I, you're driving, so I can't pretend that you're Sam, because Sam's never allowed to drive. Only when Dean needs some sleep is he allowed to drive. 
uh, just reminds me when I get home um, to take a picture of the back of Sam and Dean Funko Pops and send them to the person inquiring as to whether or not they were and wanting to see the, the back, back of them. Yeah. Oops. That's always scary. What? <laughs> okay, so I have a rule on my podcast. No dying while on the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've had enough of that. Thanks. Uh, Not that anybody's died on my show before. That would definitely be a first. Oh, um, think about the ratings. I Well, you know, I was just going to say the ratings would be through the roof. You know, producer of podcast dies on on podcast as guest. <laughs> so that would be rather interesting. Yeah, because if I kick the bucket, who's going to put it up online? I have a program. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. If Mike can figure out how to work Anchor, I'm pretty sure I can figure out how to work Anchor. I have that same program. Okay. Noted, noted, noted. No, 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 not noted, not noted. can be deleted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have all the connections that you have to where am I on now I'm on Spotify iTunes uh, if I can pull this next one off I will we're negotiating big um, big big for the network mm-hmm. cool yeah, the network. There's only three of us. Well, it's still the network. I mean, yes. and, it, and quite frankly, it, it's uh, it's a solid network now. Well, it is, but I, I wanted, and I guess we might as well address it here on your show. Um, well, yeah, yeah. We have a very large network. Not too long ago. Yeah, we did. And we had syndications and. And we cut it down to three. And there's mm-hmm. a reason why we cut it down to three, and it's more solid, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, in all reality, the syndications were more of a headache than than anything else. Um, they really weren't drawing numbers to our network. They were drawing numbers to their network. Uh, they just kind of gave us more stuff, but uh, yeah, I think we've with, um, we've got my show, which is as you say, crying and emotional and all of that other jazz. It's real. It's raw. My number one fan, Jason, he likes it, so you know, <laughs> could be my only fan. I don't know. Um, but. Uh, and then we've got um, Jenna and Joe on the World of Misfits, and they've really actually they've really taken it over and made it their own show now. Like it's it's theirs; it belongs to them. They they rule that show now, and it's so good. I thoroughly enjoy listening to it. And then we've got your show, um, My Public Life is an American Nerd, <laughs> and uh, all things nerdy. And really cool toys. And I I do have to say that I was very pleased to be the recipient of one of those really cool toys. 
um, my Annabelle. And my friend, actually, she sent me a video tonight in TikTok of somebody had posted a video of them sitting in the conjuring house watching the conjuring on their laptop. And you can actually go as far as I know, I could be wrong, um, and stay at the house for a night. And uh, she's like, um, you know, I'll start packing. At first she said, like, road trip? Question mark. And I went, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'll start packing. I mean, I'll gas up the car. And then uh, she's like, iPod's charged. <laughs> I've got iTunes and Amazon Music. And she says, and I've got Spotify. So we're good. Because every road trip I've ever gone on with any of my sisters or friends or anything, um, even with my mom, except for the first three days, which drove me absolutely nuts, is fueled on music. Ow! I'm getting, like, some weird feedback thing in my ears, so if you guys hear that, you'll know that, you know, all of a sudden my ear was screaming at me. Um, any road trip is fueled by music. It has to be fueled by music. I actually have a musical bucket list. And uh, I'm looking forward to when the border opens and... Um, I take a mini vacation and head to California because um, there is actually one place I do want to go. And I know it's rude, but I want to go and spit on the ground in front of their building. But anyway, <laughs> I um, I'm going to be driving through Arizona. I'm going to be driving through Winslow, Arizona, and mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of my car and I'm going to stand on a street corner in Winslow, Arizona, and I'm going to take a selfie and I'm going to send it to my sister's husband because the Eagles are his favorite all-time band ever. Um, There is no band greater than the Eagles in his eyes. Mind you, in his eyes, there is no music after 1972 either. So, you know, expand your horizons. Expand your horizons. Um, but uh yeah so i'm going to take i've got like a musical bucket list and tom petty's on that list um and i do believe a few of the places on my musical bus- bucket list are in california so i never did get my picture of route 66 i was on route 66 most of the time you were on route yeah, 66 yeah most of the time i was on route 66 <laughs> when i was there um, PCE is on Route 66. My hotel room was violated on Route 66. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, next time I go, I have to go back to Route 66 and uh, take a picture um, in honor of my grandma, because that's kind of a song from her era. So... Yeah, it was tough. Uh, we set up the, one of the reasons why I'm down at my sister's is we kind of started this weird tradition last year. Um, I happened to be here when <laughs> the decorating for Christmas happened. And uh, we put all the Christmas lights outside last year and, you know, did the, the shrubs with the big mesh lights and 
all of that stuff and the roof lights and mom's deer. And she had kind of, when I was working at the other house, mom had mentioned, you know, like, when are you going home? Because Heather wanted to know if you could come and, you know, maybe spend the weekend and help put the Christmas decorations up. And I was only staying until the Friday. That's right. I stayed till the Friday and then I went home and then I came back. Was I home for a week? No, I don't think so. I think I came, at least I left on the Monday. <laughs> Got my hair did. Um, and then uh, I left on Monday or Tuesday and came back down here <laughs> to my sister. I might have been home for a week. Yeah, yeah, I was home for a week because I did groceries and um, made up some Christmas baskets. So, yeah, go to luhubaskets.com and check out the new Christmas baskets. And we do ship internationally. Um, We also do custom baskets. So if you have somebody who has a gluten allergy or vegan or nut allergy, we can totally do that. Just, you know, shoot me a message on Facebook. And we'll get you straightened out and sorted, and it'll all be lovely. Anyway, that's shameless self-promotion. Uh, you know, <laughs> totally shameless. Totally shameless. Oh, train thought gone again. Wow. I really got to stop podcasting so late at night because <laughs> my brain doesn't work. Um, but, yeah, I have a musical bucket list. So... There's some some things that I want to I want to do. I, a lot of people have just just a bucket list, and um, I have a musical bucket list. I know we haven't quite said goodbye to Dave yet. He is still lurking in the background. He's just lurking quietly. Yeah, <laughs> He's multitasking. So, hey, I mean, I'm a dude, and that's pretty impressive. It really is. I I think that could be why I keep losing my train of thought because I'm in awe. <laughs> you're podcasting, you're driving, you're multitasking. It's just completely blowing my mind. And I haven't ran over nobody yet. Well, you know, the night is young. Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, there are a few in, in California. There's Route 66, there's Ventura Boulevard, which I know you won't take me to. Why do you say that? Because you said you'll never go to Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I don't like driving Los Angeles. But I could drive. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you laugh at me? Uh, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I don't drive fast enough for you. <laughs> Wait till you get you in my car. Oh, you won't fit in my car. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen your tuna boat. My what? Your tuna boat. My tuna boat? Yeah, it's tiny. It's a clown car. It's a little clown car. I'm not sure if I should be offended by the tuna boat comment. No. Not <laughs> I am a girl. Come on now. Not at all. We have crossed into the R-rated portion of Lupus Bits, which usually starts out R-rated. Um... Here, let me bring it back in for you. Uh, Party pooper. 
did you mention that when your book comes out on the 8th for 24 hours, it will be on Amazon Kindle for 99 cents? You've been listening. Did I mention that? No. Because <laughs> I forgot. Yes, for 24 hours, you can get The Chosen at the low, low bargain price of a dollar. Yep. Now, that's a dollar American, so it's like buck 38 Canadian, I think. I don't know. 75. Buck 75. Holy crap. Buck 30. I, I think. Five. Yeah, oh. well, because one dollar American is a dollar 75 Canadian. Yikes. That's horrible. Our dollar isn't worth nothing. And yet, everybody's trying to get into our country. Yeah, really. Free healthcare. <laughs> um, and, yeah, no. I'll, I'll go ahead and pass that over. What? Huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> we don't do politics or religion. Unless it's my politics and my religion. And I don't do politics. You know that. <laughs> You've tried. <laughs> and you have to admit, it's been pretty impressive. I have not engaged in a political discussion with you at all. No, no, no. Impressive. Because I don't do politics. I don't know enough to even get myself into trouble. See, with the, the manual labor that I do, I know just enough to get myself into trouble. And most of enough to get myself out of trouble. And apparently I know electrical, too. Or at least I know how the electrician thought. <laughs> so we were able to figure it out. I'll leave that one alone, too. <laughs> oh, feel free. Feel free. Come on. You know you wanna. I'm a guest. I, I'm a I'm a well mannered guest. <laughs> Since when? You own the show, dude. <laughs> You're not a guest. We just prettied it up with that word. You're the boss checking in on your employee. <laughs> no. Taking a peek at your investment. I feel like I'm... Driving in circles? Yeah. <laughs> You're making me dizzy. Holy crap. <laughs> Go the other way. Unwind me. Thank you. Yeah, I thought I was in NASCAR for a minute there. You know... Indy 500. <clears throat> so what else you got planned to talk about? Planned? When do I ever plan anything? I only had the book planned. And I figured, you know, you'd be on here and we'd just ramble away like we usually do. How long have we been in? Uh, 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, we actually rambled for a while. Well, I rambled. 
you multitasked. So, so all in all, in, in a serious uh, question, how was it? You know, just what three years ago, two years ago, you had minimal publishing credits under your belt, and now you have three books with your name on the cover. Two books you've personally written from from beginning to end, and then of course the uh, Full Moon and Howling, which mm-hmm. you edited. Mm-hmm. So you get editor cover credits. Yep. Just sitting that, there yeah. and taking that, yeah. Just sitting there taking that <laughs> all in. I've to... never actually sat and looked at it from that perspective, from nothing to where I am now. Like, I think it was two years ago. Hold on. I can tell you. Um, you know, because like. the Library of Congress, which is what the IBSN is, mm-hmm. 150 years from now, those numbers will still be there. Yeah. And your story will still be there. Yeah. Those books will still be there. That's like freaky. That's kind of, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I don't know how to feel about that. That's, uh, I I wrote a poem um, about what my legacy would be, and yeah, mark my words. That was the name of the poem. Mark my words, and it talks about um, what I'm leaving behind, what my mark on this world would be, and it's that's that's it right there, like that. What you just said, in 150 years, those books are still going to be there. Yep. Those words are still going to be there. That's my legacy. That's my mark on the world. Um, Wow. That's kind of... I'm trying to find my memories. I might have to switch accounts. And go to my public account. Be warned, there could be a whole lot of dinging. Every time I switch to my public account, I get accosted by uh, a single Indian or Pakistani men that want to add me to their roster of friends. (laughs) Please come and marry me. Yeah, you know? Your hair is like fire. Your will is strong. Come marry me. <laughs> I don't know every time you try to do an accent, it comes out Mexican. She <laughs> killed me. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Well, your last name is Montoya, so, you know. <laughs> David Montoya from Apple Valley, California. All right, I think you've uh, disrupted my show long enough. Um, (laughs) Yes, folks, I am kicking the boss out. It's time for me to, um, I don't know what, uh, do something. Go away. (laughs) 
<laughs> the mouse can't play if the cat's home, so I'm sending the cat away. <laughs> thank All you right. for being thank you for being a uh, patient guest, if nothing else, on my on my show. Thank you. Yeah, I'll just get back to work on your book. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for coming. Bye. Okay, now that he's gone, now we can get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> that was kind of fun. I've never actually, um, um, had a guest on this show before, and it kind of opens up a, a whole new, um, avenue to maybe have other guests on the show. Now, I was looking for memories um, because I wanted to, he kind of sparked a thing in my head, which now I want to know what my memories were. Um, Okay, so three years ago, I was looking for a publisher. (laughs) Think about that. Three years ago, I was looking for a publisher. Because a friend of mine posted on my wall um, about this publishing house. So, yeah, three years ago, I was looking for a publisher. Now that I know where memories are, um, how bizarre is that? And then Eternally Bound came out... To Amazon we go, because it'll tell you. It was December 11th, I think it was 2018. Um, and you hear me pounding on the keys. No, it is not my new laptop that I'm beating up. I'm abusing my old laptop. So. Okay. December 11th, 2018. Look at that. It's right there. So... In 2017, three years ago, I was looking for a publisher, and I'm sure I've told you this story before, maybe not on here, um, but I know I've told it over on um, Misfits, but for those of you who are new to the show and who didn't listen to me over on Misfits um, and listen to me over here on Misfits, I will tell you the story. Um, friend of mine, I was looking for an editor because I was getting close to finishing the book and um, I needed an editor to go over it. Now, I'm pretty uh, anal about my spelling and my grammar. Uh, it helps that my aunt is a school teacher. And I just wanted somebody to look it over and kind of check it for continuity um, and tell me if it was even worthwhile pursuing um, a publisher, trying to get it in, out there into a book. I mean, I had people that loved it, like my mom and my aunt, but my mom and my aunt, their family. I had my uh, my, my beta readers loved it. Um, but, you know, you pay somebody enough money and they'll love anything. <laughs> no, I didn't say my beta, beta readers. They were they were awesome. <laughs> poor poor writers here can't afford to pay anybody anything. So a friend of mine who was 
the editor of the World of Myth magazine, ironically enough, Mike, he said, you know, send it over my way. I want to expand my editorial prowess and delve into other things. Um, Let me take a crack at it. So I sent it over to him. And I'm pretty sure he read the first paragraph and went, oh, hell no, this is not for me. And promptly dumped it in Dave's lap. (laughs) Which I am totally fine with because Dave read it and Dave loved it and Dave wanted to publish it. Um, Now, I do believe he was at that point considering restarting the publishing part of um, Dark Myth and I kind of just came along at the right moment and with the right story and he went yeah okay we're going to publish this and 2018 December 11th 2018 (gasps) yesterday oh my gosh yesterday was the two year anniversary And I'm sitting here days away from my second book coming out. Not the second book in that series. Yes, yes, I know. I hear Dave in my head right now going, you are contractually obligated to give me that book. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Wow. Yesterday was the two-year anniversary of the release of Eternally Bound in paperback. Um, You can get it in Pocketbook now, too. And you can get it in Kindle. And if you have Prime, you can get it on Kindle for free. So, yeah. And in four days, my December is a good month for me. I kind of like December. Yeah. Kind of like my books being released in December. It's a good month for me. Um, yeah, so just in time for Christmas. Yay. <laughs> yeah, wow. So two years ago, I went, um, because when Dave originally said that he would publish my book, there were conditions in my contract. I had to publish a story. Well, here you go. Here is coming full circle for you. A little coming full circle for you. I had to publish a story a month in the World of Myth magazine for six months and build a fan base and get my name out there, get people reading my work and liking my stuff um, and getting to know me. Uh, Mike was the editor at the time. And... uh, the very first story that I submitted to the world of myth for consideration because none, I wasn't guaranteed I was going to get published. You know, I could have gotten rejected. Um, the very first story I submitted was the Huntress, which is the first story, the first chapter of the chosen. And then I submitted, um, I do believe it was coward. And then Hero, and then Battle. And I think it was at the end of Battle that 
Celeste, who is the character, the main character in The Huntress, um, kind of stepped forward in my head and went, I can take it from here. And The Chosen was born. I mean, it was hinted at in the original Huntress. Now, the version in the book is modified, slightly changed, um, to reflect the rest of the story. So what you're reading when you get the book, it's almost as if you're reading a new story. Um, it still has, it's still the Huntress. There's just a few things that have changed um, for, again, continuity. Because it didn't, she, when I wrote that story, there, I had no intentions of continuing anything beyond her story. And then a few years after I wrote it, I kind of wrote another piece, which is on the world of myth. It's not in The Chosen, but it was um, a part from a book idea that I had that I had started writing about Celeste and it just I was struggling with it and now I know why because that wasn't the story of Celeste that needed to be told the chosen was so yeah so it was through my contract for eternally bound that the chosen was born (laughs) wow yeah thanks Mike (laughs) It's a good thing I don't have to pay him like a finder's fee or something. Um, Yeah, wow. So, Dave asked me before I kicked him out um, what it felt like to go from nothing. I had a couple of poems in some obscure books, and one of my poems had been made into a song, um, nothing famous. That was it. I was the roving reporter for Building Bridges magazine and editor for the magazine for three years. But my own work, my, my own fiction work, I didn't have out there because I wrote it. I wrote poetry like breathing. Um, but I'd never let other people read it. And The Huntress was a very special story to me. Submitting it to the world of myth took a lot. It took a lot for me to do that. I mean, I hummed and hawed and I jumped up from my chair and I sat back down and jumped up from my chair and I paced and I hummed and I hawed and I read it again and I read it out loud and you know, let somebody else read it, and then I hit send. And then I think I had acrylic nails at the time and tried to chew them off. Um, yeah, so because Mike put Eternally Bound in the hands of one David K. Montoya and Dark Myth Publications, that contract birthed the creation of the chosen. And now I'm sitting here two years later with 
a plethora of books out there. There's um, Eternally Bound, which I wrote cover to cover. There is The Chosen, which I wrote cover to cover. I have The Huntress appears in um, the World of Myth Anthology 3, I think. Yes, Anthology 3. Because it won Member of the Month when it was out. And um, and then I have Sala, which is in Monsterthology. And then I have Pack Business, which you see Sala again. She comes over again. I have this habit of cross-contaminating my characters. Um, Sala shows up in Pack Business, which is in Full Moon and Howling. So there's Eternally Bound, The Chosen, World of Myth Anthology, Monsterthology, and Full Moon and Howling. That's five books that my words are in. Two of those books I've written cover to cover. And then there is a whole long list of poetry on the world of myth. Um, And that's not even a quarter or an eighth of the poetry that I have. Um, Plus, all of the chapters, well, most of the chapters of The Chosen are on the world of myth. I have editing credits. I have... Um, I edited Full Moon and Howling. That's me. That's my name on the cover. (laughs) I mean, you Google me and stuff comes up now. Like, you put my name in and books come up and and connections come up that I'm connected to and things that I've done and, you know, there's stuff. I have stuff out there. And two years ago, I had no stuff. No stuff at all. Three years ago, I was looking for a publisher. Look at me now. I now pr- practically run the... Well, I do run the editorial division of Dark Myth Publications. <laughs> I made a joke when um, I signed the contract with them. Two and a half years ago? Yeah, it would have been to If Eternally Bound came out in December... Two years ago, and I had to publish a story a month for six months. So about two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, we signed the contract, and uh, I made a joke to him about, you know, you watch, I'm going to take over the company. <laughs> Here I am, editor in chief of Darkness Publications. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there you go. That's the story. That's my tale, and I'm sticking to it. So, (laughs) anyway, it is now an hour. Um, And I'm kind of winding down. It's been a long day. I got up with, oh, my goodness, excuse me. It's not sneezing. I got up with my niece and my nephew this morning. I love getting up with them in the morning. I really do. Um, getting up with my own kids was hard. <laughs> Especially if I'd had like four hours sleep. 
uh, I'd get up, throw food at them, and lie down on the couch, just play. Come lie on mommy, watch cartoons. Um, now that I'm older, I'm different. It's different. I have more patience. I have more time, more energy, I guess. Uh, I love getting up with them. Uh, I've done it a couple of times the week that I've been here. I got up the first morning and, and my nephew's like, green eggs in? You have to make green eggs, Aunt Teffy. You have to make green eggs. Because the first morning ever that I got up with them, my niece was tiny. She was just a little baby. And uh, I wanted to make breakfast memorable for him, for my nephew. So I made green eggs. Include coloring in the egg and away you go. Green scrambled eggs. And he thought that was the absolute best thing in the entire world. So this morning, um, I'd already made him eggs this week. So this morning, I decided you could have a choice between pancakes, because I've made him Mickey Mouse pancakes before. Don't use blueberries as, um, you know, you try and make their little face like the snowman, because the blueberries will run and they'll look really, really scary. <laughs> I kind of ended up with like the Joker version of Mickey Mouse. It was really bad. Um, so I offered him pancakes or French toast. And now he has an uncle who makes him French toast. So I was I was up against some stiff competition, let me tell you. And he said that, you know, Aunt Teffy's French toast was good, not as good as his uncle's, but it was good. And he proceeded to eat two and a half pieces, and his sister ate one and a half pieces. I was lucky if I got half a piece. So the whipped cream. The whipped cream is what makes the French toast. And and the maple syrup. Canadian French toast. Maple syrup and whipped cream. <laughs> I didn't have whipped cream because, you know, most whipped cream, especially the aerosol kind, has coconut in it and that just would have been ugly. Um we're trying to avoid trips to the hospital. So yes, thankfully it's been probably four years now. No, just over three years. Three years ago was my last stint in the hospital, and it was a scary one. Um, I was looking at some serious heart surgery. I was looking at um, being battery operated. (laughs) And You know what? I have to tell you, that concept, um, when I was first diagnosed with um, cardiomyopathy, the left ventricle was really, really, really bad. My injection fraction was like seriously, seriously low. I think it was at 25%, I think, which was not good. Um, and it was really funny how they found it, too. Uh, they were, it was when they had started all the investigation for um, lupus to see if I had lupus. And my doctor had just ticked off pretty much every test on the request sheet except for an uh, echocardiogram. And he looked at it and he says, oh, why not? He ticked off everything else. Might as well take that off too. And that's how they found it. Completely by accident. <laughs> so if they hadn't have been looking, see, it's one of those um, fluke things that saved your life. You know how you have those. If I had been standing like an inch farther, I would have been dead. If my doctor hadn't have been in the mood that day and decided to just 
tick off everything on the list, they never would have found it, and I very well could be dead by now. In all reality, I could not be here because um, it was pretty bad. And uh, they weren't quite exactly sure how I was walking around and functioning and doing all the things that I was doing um, when I was diagnosed because like, it was – I went from the doctor's office. I went and I booked all the tests and everything. I went and had the echocardiogram done, and that was done in the morning. And the tech that did the test immediately called my doctor. Like, I don't even think I was in the parking lot yet before he was on the phone with my doctor going, uh, Houston, we have a problem. And by the time I got home, there was a message, because this is like 10 years ago, so uh, there's a message on my house phone from my doctor's office saying, could you come to the office? And it's never good. When your doctor says, can you come up to the office at the end of the day? I'd like to see you. <laughs> That's never good. That's never good news. Um, so my husband, my ex and I, my husband at the time, we went up there. And um, we were the last people to go into his office. And I mean, I'm watching patients leaving going in and leaving and going in and leaving and the the, the the waiting room is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and then uh, nobody else is there and he calls us in and he's like, okay. So we got your um, echocardiogram back and there's a problem. So we're going to admit you to the hospital and I do what now? Uh, can I go home? And, I get, and he's like, no. <laughs> now my doctor's office happens to be right next door to the hospital. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, um, okay, well, we'll walk over because we didn't have a vehicle at the time. And he's like, um, no, I'll drive you. <laughs> what? <laughs> My doctor drove me around the corner. And I mean, I'm, I'm serious. It is 300 feet from the doctor's office driveway to the driveway to the hospital. 300 feet. 30 second walk. Um, Phil went home, got stuff, and uh, they admitted me. I went and saw uh, Dr. Dibble, who was my cardiologist, and he reminded me if you've ever watched the show ER, he reminded me of Dr. Romano. And, yeah, he was shorter than I was by a good four inches, five inches, maybe half a foot shorter than I was. Just a little wee dude. And uh, they were talking about um, putting in an LVAT, which is an artificial um, left ventricle, basically. It would completely replace the left ventricle. It would be battery-operated. Great. <laughs> Everything that they discussed doing <laughs> required batteries. I don't do well with batteries. I don't. I drain watch batteries, um, mouse batteries. They, they only last maybe a couple of weeks with me. Um, I get a good month and a half out of my one mouse because... 
if you leave it sitting for more than 10 minutes, it shuts itself off, which is good. It saves the battery. But, uh, yeah. So then they decided, they put me on, like, a plethora, uh, I like that word, it's a choice, I've used it now, of medications. I was on um, muscle relaxers. I was on... Um, mood stabilizers, like I was on Flexerol, I was on Lorazepam, I was on Mavic, I was on Bisoprolol, I was on low-dose aspirin, I was on, um, there were two other medications, I was on like eight medications to start out, so that they could get everything kind of, you know, relaxed, you want to give my poor little heart a break. Because it was working really, 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 really hard and not actually doing much. Uh, for the first two years, I was not allowed to get my heart rate up over 100 at all. Which, you know how difficult that is to go upstairs and not get your heart rate up over 100 beats per minute? I had to go up like four stairs and then sit on the landing. And then go up four more stairs, sit on the landing. And go up the last four stairs. And then I could go down the hall to my room. Spent an awful lot of time um, on the couch, awful lot of time in my room, in my bed, because I couldn't do anything. Um, that was not fun. The medication, thankfully, worked, and my heart got stronger, and uh, I didn't need ventricle replacement. I didn't need surgery, and they were kind of surprised that um, it reacted so well. And it's been great for, well, they took me off. I started having um, issues again about five years ago. So they took me off the Mavic um, and they increased my Bisoprolol. And they, they... ended up, they took off, I, I stopped taking the Flexerol, I stopped taking the Lorazepam, um, you know, a couple of other ones, I, they had me stop taking, and now I take one pill, <laughs> one, I tell you, determination, willpower, and diet and exercise, of course, you know, that helps too. But I refuse to be Lupa 2.0. I will not be battery operated. And three years ago when I was in the hospital, they were talking about putting in a defibrillator pacemaker because my heart was doing all this funky stuff. And uh, my um, it all depended on my injection fraction. Again, you know... <laughs> It was low, and uh, they sent me for the test. I was in the hospital, and I wasn't. I went into the hospital um, August, I think it was. I went in August, and I didn't come out until almost the end of October. They finally got me stabilized enough that they felt comfortable enough sending me home. Um, I'm not a very good patient. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you tell me to stay in bed, and as soon as your back is turned, I'll be up doing something. You pretty much have to duct tape me down. 
and uh, that's why they kept me in the hospital because they could keep an eye on me because my doctor knows me. He's been my doctor since I was in grade three. <laughs> you know, he tell, don't walk on it. Okay, I'm going to limp on it. I'm not walking. I'm limping. I will find a loophole. Um, so, yeah, they uh, they sent me for um, a test, and my injection fraction had to be 35% or less. I think it was 30, 35%, 40% or less. And they would put in the pacemaker defibrillator, which did not thrill me. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's not thrill me at all. My heart starts doing funky things and it's going to electrocute me. Awesome. I'm going to have these little electrode thingies stuck in my heart. And again, battery pack. Just under the skin, you see the little square outline, just under the skin. Which means I had to, uh, whatever side they put it on, I had to use my cell phone on the other side. Microwave ovens were no longer my friend. Um, there were a couple of other things, too, that I had to avoid. Um, flying could be an issue. So, yeah. Um, again, sheer will and determination. My ejection fraction came back at 54%. I'm good with that. I will take that as a passing grade. <laughs> so... Um, they just changed the um, amount of my pisoprolol again. I think it was up to 7.5 by that point. They raised it to 7.5 milligrams. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe. It would have been two years ago. Yeah, would have been... Just under two years ago, um, I had this really weird episode at work. It was when I was working for the basket company. And uh, it was just, it felt like there was a thousand butterflies sitting in my chest and in my throat. And, you know, because Dave's a hard tech, <laughs> I was telling Dave. And uh, he's like, let me see your face. And I have a app on my phone that, does my pulse and all of that. He's like, okay, do that. Let me see it. So I sent that to him. He's like, okay, go to the hospital. I do what now? He's like, go to the hospital. You're having PVCs. Okay, what are those other than pipe? Like, PVC pipe? I don't know. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, I'll go when my, my boss gets back. And he's like, no, 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 go now. <laughs> he was rather insistent. Luckily, my boss came back early and she took one look at me and she's like, oh, I think I need to take you to the hospital. Um, I was pale and clammy, and it wasn't it was not pretty. Um, and apparently, I was throwing a PVC every third heartbeat, which isn't normal or good if you sustain that for a long period of time. And I'd been doing it for probably at this point a couple hours now. Um, so yeah, they you know that was the picture, the lovely picture that uh, Dave posted on the World of Myths. To tell everybody that, you know, wish me luck and, and send me good vibes and healing and all that because I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I'm quite sure I've forgiven him for that. But, you know, <laughs> the response was really heartwarming. Um, 
And they found out that my heart does that when it is when I am stressed out. It is stress induced. So they've upped my prosopolol again because uh, that would require um, an apparatus. I'm sure they couldn't stop that. And uh, yeah, so here we are. And uh, I, I haven't been back in the hospital since then. I'm not planning on going back anytime soon. So we're going to just avoid all that. I think that's where I was going with that, avoiding hospitals. Um, oh, my goodness. And yeah, with my heart condition, I'm still smashing concrete. I'm still, you know, moving walls and carrying heavy rocks and big, huge stumps and painting and drywalling and doing all the stuff. I'm still doing the things. And I'm pushing myself and and getting myself healthier and more in shape and um, eating healthier because I don't want to be battery operated. I do not want to be Lupa 2.0. Not going to happen. I want all original parts. I don't want any replacement parts. I don't want to upgrade to a battery. Thank you. Just the same. I want to keep the old model still ticking. See what I did there? You know, heart ticker. You know, yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm going to continue to do the manual labor, and I'm going to have fun. I'm going to continue to write and try and live as stress free. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As possible. Um, but yeah, I started out telling you I got up with my niece and my nephew and went into the whole, this whole heart thing. Anyway. Okay, it's been like an hour and 19 minutes. And no, I did not fart. I am sitting on an air mattress and it makes those weird noises. I swear. I can hear Mike in my head going, <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyway. I think I'm going to wrap it up this week because I still have to convert it and then upload it to the drive so that Dave has access to it so that he can edit it and take out. Oh, he doesn't. Actually, I don't think he takes out my ums anymore. That's just who I am. If you don't like it, um, sorry. Because <laughs> there's just way too many of them. I actually explained to him. Uh, where the ums came in. I, all right, most people don't know this. Unless you knew me um, in grade school, then you wouldn't know this. Uh, I had a stutter back in, in public school. And the more nervous I got or the more anxious I got or the more excited I got, the worse it would get. One of the things that I would do when I would start to stutter is I would say, um, because that would break that, that would stop it. Um, <laughs> and it's habit now. <laughs> and you'll notice, like, if I'm talking about a particularly emotional uh, topic, I will um a lot because I can feel stutter it's it's hard to explain you know it's coming you just you know it's coming 
so yeah, that's where the um comes from. And I worked very, very hard to correct it. And that's where the pauses come as well, because a lot of times when you have a stutter, especially a pronounced stutter, one that is in a lot of, of what you say, you have to stop and you have to think about the word in your head first. And you have to hear the word in your head and then you make it come out your mouth. That's how it works. So when I'm pausing, it's because I'm hearing the word in my head, how it's supposed to be pronounced. And I am like very um, pronunciation. Oh, I don't want to use that word because police pronunciation police on how words are pronounced because I've had to be very um, aware of how they're pronounced because if you know how the word is pronounced, then you know the parts you're going to stutter on. And you know the places you need to work on. So, probably didn't need to know that, but now you know why there's the pauses and why there's the ums. Um, because I'm, and then you just got an um and a pause right there. Because <laughs> I was actually visualizing and hearing the words in my head, what I was going to say, and I didn't end up saying them. And a lot of times to to derail my stutter is I will switch topics. And you, what you think is just me kind of meandering along and, and butterfly effect is kind of, especially if it's late and I'm tired, my, um, uh, my, my stutter can get more pronounced. So I will just switch topics go off on a different direction. And it it's like train tracks. You know, you're on a, a bumpy track and then you see those little metal pieces that flip over to the next track and the train just follows them to a smoother track. Yeah, kind of derails that switch in my brain and I can go over there. So, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm seriously this time I'm saying goodbye. I'm going to do my goodbye spiel. <laughs> my spielberg and I'm out of here. So if you want to find me, um if you want to see the cover of the chosen, I did a, a sneak peek. It's not really a sneak peek because it's there. If you want to check it out, it's on my Lupa Barty Facebook page. Go look. I think tomorrow Oh my goodness gracious. Tomorrow night, I'm going to put it over on Stephanie Barty, which is actually my author page. Um, the book actually comes out on the 8th, so there'll be massive amounts of posting and tweeting and Instagramming and TikToking. Um, and don't forget, for the first 24 hours, you can get it on Kindle for 99 for like a buck. 99 cents, a buck, whatever. Canadian, a buck 13. Or a buck seventy-five plus thirteen cents um, tax. Okay, so you can find me on Facebook at Stephanie J. Barty or Lupa Barty or The World of Myth Magazine or Lupa's Bits the podcast. You can find me on Twitter under all of those, except for Stephanie J. Barty. I'm only I'm over there. Find me on Twitter at Lupa B. That's me. 
Instagram. I have Luhu Baskets. I have Lupus Bits, the podcast. I have Stephanie J. Barty, author. I have Stephanie Lupa Barty, author. I have, I think that's it on Instagram. And then I have a TikTok account, which I do this little thing called Coffee Talk. And uh, that might develop into something over in the podcast world. We're not sure yet. It might be a segment um, of my show. So you can find me at Lady Lou Who. And Lou Who is spelled L-U-H-O-O. Lou as in me, Lupa. Who as in the owl that is the mascot of my basket company. Little Lou Who. So, all right. And don't forget, Mondays, World of Misfits with Joe and Jenna. Wednesdays is uh, My Public Life as an American Nerd with David K. Montoya. And Friday is all about me. I get the best day of the week because I am the best. Um, It's Lupa's Bits, the podcast. So don't forget to check us out. And I will see, well, I will talk to you all next week. Why am I reaching for my mouse to shut this off? Because it's on my phone, not my laptop. Okay, I'm out of here, guys, because I'm just starting to get silly now. Have a good week, everybody. See ya. Carry on our way with us. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.